Therapy is literally, if I could give one definition for it, it is taking your power back. Let's unpack that. I am the let's unpack that friend. Oh, you're effed up. You've got daddy issues. It's like, why are you putting that on me? Like, that was my horrible dad. Or like, I was six. <laughs> <laughs>
Did it work? I don't think so. Well, I like you switched. Like no, you I think it, it got the. No, I like put the marshmallow on the um, what no is it? Polish remover. No polish remover and like flipped upside down to get on the marshmallow, and then I just started like rubbing it on my nail. <laughs> like I totally. I have a video like of it. <laughs> yeah. A cotton ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Funny. I'm weird. <laughs> London. My favorite memory with you is just we were at Utah State together. That's how we became friends, mm-hmm. and just watching no this is what we would do all our friends would be out of town instead of going and hanging out like normal college kids we would hang our hammocks order a whole domino's pizza and and the The cinnamon and the garlic the garlic balls and the cinnamon twists and a pizza yes i wondered how i gained the freshman 15 (laughs) no seriously and then we would listen to bozzy Oh, yeah. On those hammocks. And then we would make a mega bed. Yes. We would go in my dorm room yes. and push my bed and my roommate's twin beds together. <laughs> and so it was a giant, we would call it a mega bed. And it would block, like we would have to get everything in the room first because it blocked the door. <laughs> oh, you yeah. are not going to the you bathroom. You in there. <laughs> yes. If you had to pee, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you're going in your pants. So and then we would watch Vampire yeah. Diaries. The last episode. Yes. Right? I feel like we watched that a couple times. Yeah. Well, it's so good. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so cute. And we would just cry. <laughs> so we have some good memories. It is an honor to be here today, but I am no Lou. We all miss Lou. <laughs> yeah, we do miss you, Lou. Anyway, today we are talking about mental health and ther- <laughs> therapy, <laughs> coping mechanisms, attachment styles. And what sparked this is last night we were all hanging out. We were at London's just, you know, chatting away probably three hours into our conversation when all of a sudden Abby goes, what attachment style are you guys? <laughs> yeah, because I had the biggest life revelation two weeks ago, finding out my attachment style. Yeah, wait, because I thought you said you took or I found mine out from a quiz. What? How did you find yours out? Well, um, okay. So I was telling you guys this last night, me and my roommate are super close and the way we approach dating is very differently. She wants to be with someone 24 hours of each day for three weeks straight. I will give someone bare minimum three hours of my week and then I will decide (laughs) if they deserve six the next and so on. Like it just grows. And so I was starting to feel like abnormal. I was starting to be like, honestly, can I just like not gain feelings that fast? Like, am I capable of falling in love? Like, am I? I was spiraling. The deep questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And um, her friend who graduated in psychology, she was at her house hanging out and she asked about me and asked about my love life. And she's like, yeah, Abby. And I just like approach dating so differently, blah, blah, blah. And her friend was like, oh my gosh, she is totally the avoidant attachment style, which is what her friend was. And she's like, you should tell her to look it up because that's like totally normal. Like 50% of the population is that, but it's where you think more logically than emotionally. And then the other type is, um, what is it? anxious anxious and you think more emotionally than logically Mm -hmm. so for me I'll give someone more of my time if logically it makes sense for me rather than being like oh my gosh I have so much fun with them let's do something today and tomorrow and this and this and this Mm -hmm. so anyways I just got called out (laughs) and I didn't even need to take a test because then I looked it up and I was like yes 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 (laughs) check yes toxic trait yes (laughs) yeah I think that's what I am too and I made a tiktok once the sound was like you don't get it you know that sound yeah you don't get it i was kidnapped that one (laughs) oh no no i got the you don't get it but not the you i was kidnapped and then the people would put a lot of text on it and it would be like when my hair is touching when my i can feel my clothes touching my body Uh and the the air is being too loud that kind of thing so i made it and i was like when you want a boyfriend but you don't want to spend less time with your friends and you only want to see them once a week blah blah blah, blah <laughs> super long and everyone in the comments are like it's giving avoidant attachment <laughs> that's funny <laughs> damn y'all get called out i know seriously it's so concerning though when you realize that about yourself and you're like wow i know that makes a lot of sense I know. I'm so glad though that we live like in a time that it's so widely talked about just like absolutely everything and like attachment styles and how 
like people on TikTok always talk about their attachment styles. I feel like at least on my For You page, I see that a lot because it makes people so much more self-aware. Yeah. And you're able to just understand not only yourself, but other people better. Mm-hmm. Well, it made me realize, yeah, like I learned a lot about how I love so many people and I will give people my time. I mm-hmm. also like to have my own time. But like, I mean, if I'm dating someone, I can give them five six days of my week you know but I also want to be my own independent person outside of them Mm -hmm. and for some people like they're not like that Mm -hmm. like they're a little bit more codependent yeah which is totally fine but I also feel like it's so good to know about yourself so you can know how to treat your relationships the best Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that like even if you are one style you I I don't know if this is fact but I think that we are all able to access all of the different types yeah. in certain points because I know for the most part I'm secure attachment style but I know sometimes I'm anxious attachment style and that's like when you feel insecure in your relationship or something like that and you I start to feel codependent yeah so but like just the mere fact that I'm aware of those things is everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure I would like to say though that Abby I think you're one of my most independent friends and I very yeah. much admire that about you Thank you. That is exactly what I don't like about me. Really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that about you. Like even in high school, you were so independent. And I was like, I need to be like Abby. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. No, I admire you you so much. You, because you, you're Mormon and Mm -hmm. you live in Utah. And I know a bunch of people who are Mormon and live in Utah. And even who aren't Mormon, just the pressure to date and marry and settle down is huge yeah and you live in utah county where that's even more dominant i think would you say yeah for sure and you're not like settling you literally absolutely know exactly what you Mm -hmm. want and you're not willing to settle exactly and that's everything well i had a talk with my mom a few months ago and she's like abby here's the thing because i mean sometimes i do get down on myself like yeah in utah being 23 like mostly everyone's married um, but she was like, Abby, you cannot idolize marriage. Mm-mm. Like that cannot be something that you just revolve your identity and like your life purpose around. If it's meant for you, it will come for you. And I would be more miserable. Like I would love to be married and have kids and everything, but I would be more miserable being in a relationship with someone just so I didn't feel lonely than being mm-hmm. with the me alone. Wow. Like mm-hmm. I would much rather be alone than be in the wrong relationship. That's so, amazing. But advice. I'm manifesting. I'm really hoping for some incredible guy yeah. to come around. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm not hoping, alone. <laughs> I'm hoping that for you too, because you Thank deserve you. literally the best guy. Thank you. And That's I feel like sweet. when they do come, like, I don't know, the way you've like held yourself out and you know exactly what you want and you don't settle, like Cell said, you're gonna have like the best relationship because you're gonna truly find someone that is really for you. Thank you. I'm so excited. You guys are hyping me up. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, I know that guy out there exists. Um, it's just being patient and having fun with your young 20s. Yeah, the mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. Like, I'm so grateful that I had these years to just hang out with me yeah. and hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. I love that. Lots of tears. <laughs> kind of sucks, too. But it's really fun. <laughs> um. I was able to find a little infographic on IG about the attachment styles. And there's actually one that we haven't named. That's the fearful attachment style. So secure attachment style characteristics are positive self-esteem, emotionally intimate, trusting, independent, seeks social support, and good communication. Basically, you're Jesus because you're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You could put it that way. (laughs) I love that. Um, Anxious attachment style is low self-esteem, emotionally needy, dependent, fear of abandonment, emotional outbursts, and preoccupied with the relationship. Avoidant attachment style is positive self-esteem, self-reliant, feels more comfortable alone, avoids conflict, struggles with vulnerability, and distance. Is that you? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's like looking in a mirror. (laughs) Y'all three would say you're like that? Yes, yeah. I fit every single one of those. Wow. I think. Yeah. I th- think the thing is too, um, a lot of people make anxious and avoidance seem negative. Yeah. But like, 
they're only negative if you're extreme with both. So Absolutely. like, yeah, with the anxious, if you're low self-esteem, cannot be alone or like totally grabbing onto someone all the time. Yeah, that's not good. But if you're someone who just likes to be with someone all the time and you like you're aware of it. Yeah, like it's fine to be anxious or it's fine to be avoidant where we feel very independent, mm-hmm. you know, and most people have a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Secure is just like the perfect amount. But um. Yeah, it's not a bad thing to be any of those. Oh, absolutely not. Because, I mean, I always see infographics of like how to resolve conflict if you are this attachment style. It's yeah. all about learning how to adapt and learning what the, their needs are. Yeah. You know, so like probably an anxious attachment style, they need to be, they need constant reassurance yes. in their partnership. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And their relationship is going to turn out great if they're with a partner who is giving them that validity all the time and letting them know, hey, I'm not going to leave you because they're fe- they have fear of abandonment or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or with avoidance style, like they are they struggle with vulnerability as long as like the person you're in a relationship with or not even a romantic relationship, like a friendship, as long as we're allowing them to know this is a safe space and we just don't like kind of like stab them in the back with the things that they're worried about yeah totally does that make sense yeah that totally makes sense. i feel like with that it's just so important to know the people around you their love language so Uh you can accommodate their needs in the way that they need that you know yeah for sure do you guys know your love language Mm -hmm. what are they (laughs) silence mine's words of affirmation and physical touch oh work mine's words of affirmation and acts of gratitude Acts, acts of, of service kindness. oh acts of service i like yeah i was literally like what is acts of gratitude <laughs> i've never heard of it <laughs> acts of service mine is words of affirmation physical touch too work i feel like mine's different with like friends though uh-huh. like that's more romantic mm-hmm. yeah yeah love language mm-hmm. but like i'm not touchy to friends yeah mm-hmm. you know oh i, I totally think- am same I, I was just saying I know with her yeah, personally yeah. I am touchy I like me and Monty were like cuddling all the time like <laughs> no seriously yeah I'm touchy I'm always like give me a hug but no I think love languages is not talked about enough in relationships outside of romantic ones mm-hmm. um because that's just a, a great way for people to be seen you mm-hmm. know like if like for me to show up for you in the way that your love language is in a friendship. Like for example, my love languages in a romantic relationship are acts of service and quality time. But in a friendship, it's not acts of service. It's quality time and maybe like, what's the other one? Words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at giving mine. Like I need physical touch and words of affirmation. But then (laughs) I was in a relationship with someone a few months ago and he would literally have to be like, I like you. And like would look at me and I'm like, I like you too. Like (laughs) I have such a hard time for some reason. Mm -hmm. Vulnerable. Yes. Mm -hmm. Struggles with vulnerability. Exactly. That's why you learn about yourself. Absolutely. But then with friends, it's so much easier for me to be like, oh my gosh, I love you. Mm -hmm. I (laughs) think the world of you. And so, but like. Yeah, I just think it's so interesting how how you give it, how you receive it can be very different based on the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard also when you're in a relationship with someone else because they might have different love languages than you, but you have a love language of like, okay, this is how I like to be loved. So I'm just going to assume that you like to be loved the same way I do, but you have to learn to love them the way they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because those are literally needs. Yeah. Well, like where I'm not where I can literally hang out with myself all week, I feel like I give quality time. Even though that's uncomfortable for me, I feel like that's how I try to show love for friends is that I'll show up. Even though Mm -hmm. that's, like, that's me trying to be better for them and compromise. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, yeah. Um, But yeah, now the last attachment style is fearful, which is low self-esteem, difficulty with trusting, fear of rejection, craves emotional intimacy, inconsistent behaviors and dependent i feel like that's a very good mix of anxious and avoidant maybe i'm fearful no no no. (laughs) (laughs) i feel i can have fearful attachment style sometimes i think especially the difficulty with trusting 
I feel like I have, and I don't even know if I've even had horrible trauma with this, but I feel like I have super bad trust issues. Oh, same. I also have abandonment issues. (laughs) Daddy issues. Daddy issues. (laughs) Do you remember you were listening to that song like last night? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Recorded like 50 videos. I I did it like twice. <laughs> Do you think that's why we all have like the same attachment styles because we had very similar Dad relationships issues? with our fathers? <laughs> Maybe. Honestly, yeah. That would make sense. Okay, wait. Can I just bring something to light? Mm-hmm. Why the hell do men use daddy issues for women as like an insult? Mm-hmm. When it's literally the man's fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, you're effed up. You've got daddy issues. It's like, why are you putting that on me? Like, that was my horrible dad. Or you're like, was I was this- six. <laughs> <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> yeah. You're victim blaming. It's giving victim yeah, blaming. Yeah, it is. It is. And also, like, guys can have just as bad as daddy issues, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. That is never talked about. No. Representation matters. <laughs> The issue isn't the dads. It's the fact. Well, yeah, it is the dads. <laughs> Hold on. What am I saying? It's the fact like guys shouldn't care if you have daddy issues. If you yourself are stable and you've handled it and you know how to work through it. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that's not an issue for them. If you are like doing good. Yeah. If you are like off the walls, psycho energy because of your dad, then yeah, that sucks for them that you have daddy issues. Yeah, or whoever you're around. Yeah, yeah. Like your friends or other people in your family. But I just feel like with dating, people are like, go for girls with daddy issues because like they have, like there's so many like characteristics that men say girls with daddy issues are. Like they need male attention or like they crave male attention or I don't know, a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) other. We've talked about this before though, the two different very far ends of young girls who have father issues again there's like the male attention constantly needing that validation and all of that and then there's the ones that like don't care for men Mm -hmm. at all yeah and you can have daddy issues if your dad was present or not Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is true (laughs) it is true because like my dad was always there i hate men (laughs) i love my dad but i hate men Mm mm-hmm Yesterday, we were also talking about therapy and Abby, we talked about this a few episodes ago. If you haven't listened to advice column part one, go listen to that after this one. But we were talking about different types of therapy and I brought up EMDR or brain spotting and Abby has actually done EMDR. Do you feel comfortable talking about any of your experience with that? Of course. So I'm all for therapy. I was telling them like, I think everyone in this world needed needs a therapist whether it's just someone to talk to or just to have someone I don't know to listen to I guess that's the same thing um to preface though I had an amazing childhood like I really have so many good memories I have an incredible mom incredible siblings like so many good things but like everyone everyone has kind of that toxic person in their life and mine was my dad yay (laughs) so fun (laughs) but um So obviously I wanted to go to therapy for that just because I don't want it to play a part into my future and I want to be able to know how to handle those things. So um, the way EMDR works is you don't just go to your appointment and talk about things that happen because a lot of um, hard experiences in your life, I'm sure you guys have experienced this, you push them back into your mind. And sometimes you forget about them or like <laughs> looking at London. Everyone <laughs> looking at me. I'm like making eye contact with you. I'm like, yes, my first memory is freshman year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> Last night when you said, does therapy help you remember things? And then you go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, yeah. I'm like, mm, maybe I'll keep pushing me. it off. <laughs> exactly. Like our brain has a way of just protecting us. And so it doesn't know where to categorize a lot of your emotions because when you're in a hard situation, you're feeling sad, you're stressed, you're upset. So it's like, what box do I put this story in? So my therapist recommended EMDR and basically you hold on to these like 
vibrators not the sexual kind <laughs> just these like i don't know they're just like handheld vibrator things yeah and it'll go in the left then the right then the left then the right and you close your eyes and basically what it's doing is it's stimulating the neural pathways in your brain and so she would tell me like okay close your eyes i want you to think of like a story that troubles you and so i'll think of it and she said okay now i need you to picture yourself in the room like look around what are you seeing what are you feeling and i wouldn't say anything and then she'd turn them off and then she'd have me open my eyes and say like tell me what you saw tell me what you're feeling and so it helped me go through the situations that were hard for me but have someone to talk through them like I was in it Mm -hmm. and so I would tell her like oh I noticed this and this and I think I feel this way because of that and so she'd be like okay I want you to focus on feeling that way now let's turn these back on close your eyes again and so basically what she's doing is she's helping you digest a situation but also find more positive in it like helping you realize like okay, I'm thinking of this horrible story about my dad, but I wasn't even there. Like I was heard about it when he was like on this trip or something. Maybe he was this and this, but the point of what I figured out is how does this have anything to do with me? Like, why is this affecting me that much? And so she basically helps, not she, I'm saying my therapist because I freaking love her. But basically what it does is it helps you put those memories in a box where it belongs to put away and it helps you rewrite those memories so that you can handle them and so that they're more positive and see how it like helped you in the end yeah Mm -hmm. does that make sense Uh Mm -hmm. so I loved it it definitely makes you kind of feel those emotions like I would um she would make sure we like ended the session good but I would leave and then I would feel off that week yeah so heavy yeah but that's okay that's your body like literally getting out all of its emotion that it held on to Mm -hmm. so I did it for about a year and I learned a lot about myself I don't hold I do hold anger (laughs) towards my dad Um, (laughs) I guess I don't hold like him to this higher standard it's like life is the way it is I am so grateful for what I have and what I was given like I said with like my family I love them and um I don't know it helps you just become a better person instead of one that's Mm -hmm. torn down yeah Yeah. and gain a new perspective yeah that's amazing yeah my mother-in-law she's a therapist and we always talk and she sends me podcasts but we always talk about like trauma and stuff and she had really rough trauma growing up and she that's why she's become a therapist and she's such an advocate for like you never heal from your trauma you just address it and realize how it's made you the person you are today and it's kind of like a superpower yeah Mm -hmm. just being aware of them of your traumas so yeah I love therapy but when you were saying also about how our brain stores different memories or stories in our life with emotions. That's what you were saying, right? Yeah. The show that I was telling you about yesterday that's on HBO Max, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart mm-hmm. or Atlas to the Heart. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's all about giving definitions to the right emotions because she did a study with like 6,000 people or something like that and she said I want you to write and I think they had like five minutes or something like that and she's like I want you to write down every emotion that you can think of and out of all those like 6,000 people guess the average number of emotions that people had listed Mm. like sadness happiness yeah all emotions like they had five minutes to write like six thousand people had six minutes to write like 10 maybe five five or six i think four wow and it's like anger happy slash joy sad and fear or something and it's like they weren't able to name other emotions and they're so the whole show goes about naming emotions like such as nostalgia because that can be an emotion you feel nostalgic towards something or you feel anxious or you feel anguish because anguish is like the most painful deep pain (laughs) 
not painful deep pain <laughs> like <laughs> that made sense though yeah it's so there she showed a picture that described anguish and it was a really sad picture especially for me because I love animals and seeing this is so painful but it was uh like a mother sheep crying over her dead calf and it's like just that heartbreak that you feel in your chest and it's like the worst heartbreak it's like the heartbreak that I imagine I'll probably feel like when I lose someone I really love you know just like Mm -hmm. that it's unbearable heartbreak and it's so much more important to know the intensity and weight of the words so you're able to say what you're feeling in that time so she was able to say um, the difference between feeling overwhelmed and stressed overwhelmed you're like you're capped out and you like can no longer process things and if you're just feeling merely stressed you should not use the word I'm overwhelmed because then that can tell your brain you are overwhelmed so you should tell yourself like oh I'm stressed I'm just feeling stressed right now but I can manage it overwhelmed is like you can no longer keep going oh it's very interesting that probably helps relationships a lot too Mm -hmm. to be able to tell someone like I feel overwhelmed absolutely and I just need five minutes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah it helps you it helps relationships because it helps you know what you yourself are feeling and how to regulate your emotions and know what you need Mm -hmm. she was also explaining the difference between envy and jealousy and jealousy is wanting what that other person has even if that means taking it away from that person envy is like London, you're going to Jamaica in next month. Mm-hmm. I'm envious of you because, oh, that's so cool. You get to go there. But I'm not jealous of you because I don't wish I was going instead of you. We're going to sabotage your trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Brittany Brown was actually saying how it was, she's like, it's funny because society has kind of reworded the word jealousy into the word I'm jelly. And that's basically what that means. Like when I, you're envious, you know how now we say like, oh, yeah. I'm jelly, yeah. jelly. <laughs> Okay, that's cringe. No, literally, <laughs> right? But yeah. Yeah, I don't say that anymore yeah, because yeah. of that. <laughs> wow, I feel like I need to watch this. You I should. I, I definitely have a problem with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to my therapist about this. And we've talked about my childhood. And I just don't like feeling intense feelings. Avoidant attachments. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so I, I literally just turned off my emotions one time. And I just like never it's like vampire yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> like you I turned off your humanity <laughs> yes but I like genuinely I wouldn't feel anything like there's so much of my childhood where I'm like I don't know how I felt that's like, how I, I felt when I was on Zoloft really yeah like I was just numb like happy things would happen and I'd be like okay sad things would happen and I'd be like okay <laughs> wow damn yeah I think a lot of society I'm glad we're turning this around but we we talk about how it's good to not show emotions like especially for men Mm -hmm. but that's not true like it is so good to show your emotions and feel your emotions whether they be sad angry like I think I used to that's why I started therapy is because I felt guilty for feeling less than other people because of my dad like I felt like it made me less of a person and I felt guilty for like ever feeling sad about it or ever telling people about it because I didn't want them to think like why me but it's like like you didn't want to victimize yourself yeah like I didn't want I guess I kind of have a more positive outlook on life and I don't want people to think of me as not a positive person but it's like going makes you realize like it's okay to sit in your sadness and it's okay to sit in like your loneliness and to feel it and then tell yourself tomorrow I'm not going to be sad and tomorrow I'm going to get up and do this but then that way you can move forward like with your day instead of suppressing these emotions and like it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling the only justification you need is from yourself not from like other people yeah yes and validation yeah I feel I really like but no you're like I exactly what we were saying before like I admire you because you know you're such a positive person and I like would you say that's one of your traits optimist optimistic um 
that's hard because obviously I hear all the thoughts in my brain and <laughs> I am very negative towards myself. Oh, queen. and so <laughs> let's have a crying sesh. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I would not describe myself as the most optimistic person. However, if I'm in a situation or room with people, yeah, my first instinct is like, to look okay, at but this is fine way. because of this. Yeah. So Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. That this is my, the classic Abby line. Yes. yes and no. I can see both sides. <laughs> this might be like a super deep question, but do you feel like you're so positive and want to be that positive person for other people because you're very hard on yourself? Yes, but I also feel like that just comes with empathy. Mm-hmm. Like You're a very empathetic person. I yeah. feel like it's very it's easy. It's the cancer in you. <laughs> Thanks. It's very easy for me to kind of be empathetic and feel towards people and to understand all sides of the situation. Like, I don't know all. Um, No one knows all. And so it's like, I don't know. I think everyone's way too hard on themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like going to therapy has helped you get the tools to not be so hard on yourself? Or do you still struggle with that? Um... It goes through waves like it's like forgiveness like you have to learn to re-forgive someone over and over and um I feel like I have to relearn how to like cope with my emotions over and over but I think something that really changed my life is one time I was telling my therapist that I feel grateful for the bad things my dad has done or the things he's made hard because it's made me who I am like it's made me that empathetic person and she I've never seen her like respond to something so quick to me and she's like Abby no like that is absolutely wrong and I was like okay I'm like sorry and (laughs) not the apologizing (laughs) I know literally (laughs) and um she was like your dad gets no credit in this you are the way you are because you chose to become that person because of your experiences. Like you chose to become empathetic, not because your dad made you because of the situation, because you chose in your mind because of the situation, I'm going to be an empathetic person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that brought a lot of power into my life to be like, wow, like I chose to become kind or I'm not just hyping myself up. No, I'm that's sure I've so been empowering. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's very empowering to realize like you are all the good in you because that's just you mm-hmm. and you chose and to no be that. And no one else can make you be someone or something that you don't want to be. Exactly. And, and so, love that. And if you have parts of you you don't like, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> yeah. So it puts all the power back in your hands. And so I do feel like therapy has changed that for me it makes me more like confident in who I am and it makes me love me wow mm-hmm. London do you feel inspired yet yeah you do <laughs> yes <laughs> I want to hear about your guys's experiences yeah yeah you interview us yeah um okay well one do you feel like it has made more of an impact than you thought less of an impact have you had to change therapists because you didn't like the one you had do you feel like it's helped you process things? Like just explain everything. Cause I think a lot of people have fears based off of that. I first started going to therapy because I lost so many friends in such a short amount of time. And I felt like it was my fault. So that's why I started going to therapy and I had a therapist at first and she was very validating of my feelings, but I felt like I couldn't go deep into what I was feeling because she was an older white Mormon lady. And so it wasn't (laughs) like I couldn't relate to her and I knew she probably couldn't relate to me. So then I switched. I'd stopped going for a while and then I switched therapists and found a younger one and she's so cool. I love her. And it was just so easy to open up to her and tell her all of like my feelings growing up. And she was very validating and she basically told me the exact same thing. Like, you're not this way because of the people who've hurt you. You're this way because of you and how you've chosen to, what's the word? Like go about the rest of your life? Navigate your life or change those 
you like you do, you saw that you didn't want to be that type of person and you made those changes in yourself to know that you never want to do that. And I was like, wow, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> empowering. Like literally. so empowering. Therapy is literally, if I could give one definition for it, it is taking your power back. Mm-hmm. And 100%. yeah, after like, cause when I first started going to therapy, I felt like I was the bad friend. And after I started talking to my therapist, they're like, that's not on you though. You can't control how other people react to a situation. Mm-hmm. You can only control how you react to their reaction. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things that I've learned in therapy because so often I would be like, why are you like this? And I would want my words or my reaction to give me a specific outcome. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So I would get pissed when other people aren't giving me the outcome that I want because I'm like, I'm doing everything right. But it's not like I'm... I'm doing everything right in my eyes, but Mm -hmm. everyone has a different perspective. Everyone has their own shit going on. Yeah. So I've been in therapy for since like 2020 and it's been good. I don't feel like I've had a breakthrough yet. I feel like I have good sessions, but I, I don't think I've had a breakthrough yet. I wonder if I should try EMDR because I'm genuinely like, I don't know what trauma I have. Yeah. And but it's also scary to think about because I'm like, what if I'm suppressing something huge that I Mm -hmm. genuinely have no idea about? But I'm also like not scared of my emotions. And I am a very analytical person. It's the Virgo moon in me. So I am constantly with myself and others unpacking things, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Let's unpack that. I am the let's unpack that friend. Because I always like to try to draw connections and kind of therapize myself. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. therapize myself I don't know but it made sense okay cool <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and be like oh this is kind of an odd reaction why am I reacting in this way like I feel like I can kind of take myself out of my body and out of myself and look at it in a neutral way you know does that make yeah. sense I do that yeah I'll feel like overwhelmed out of friend's house and then I'll go home and I'm like okay why was I overwhelmed? <laughs> and sometimes I literally don't know. And I just say, okay, well, <laughs> it is what it is. Yes. Anxiety medication. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like having a therapist, even though I haven't had this breakthrough that I'm talking about that I want. I like having a therapist because I'm able to speak to someone without feeling like I'm burdening them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you need to have those conversations with people. I'm the type of person that I don't want to burden my friends with something, but then I end up keeping it to myself and bottling up, bottling it up and it rots me from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Like I can feel when I'm not getting something out that I need to talk about, that it's making me, it's making either my emotions or just like my everyday life harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's okay to not have that breakthrough yet either. Like your body will, it knows itself and it'll do it when it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And that's also okay if like to be scared that you're like bottling something really scary and traumatic up. The good thing about therapy is like she'll give you the tools to handle it when it comes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I may want to try a new therapist. I love mine, but I also feel like, and this is my trust issues, which is so ridiculous. Imagine having trust issues with the person you are literally paying to help you out. But I <laughs> am still like trying to portray a specific thing to my therapist. I'm like, I don't want you to think I'm like weird or not perfect. <laughs> yep. Instead, they call you out. Yeah, my yeah. I told them this yesterday, but my therapist told me this this week. And she said, you know, something that I've learned about RSLE. And I was like, what? what Marianne (laughs) and she was like Araceli is very good at coping with everything um and she keeps a lot of things to herself and she figures it out herself but when she hasn't she waits until the last 15 minutes of session to bring it up (laughs) (laughs) that way you can run after you drop it Uh uh-huh but at least like I'm bring but I feel like I don't do that on purpose like I don't start my therapy session knowing, Ooh, I need to talk about this. 
it's like I genuinely haven't tapped into that negative emotion because no one likes feeling negative things. Mm-hmm. My t- my therapist had to really teach me how to feel my feelings because I was like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> Why would I want to put myself in an uncomfortable situation? You put me in such an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> like, you know how I feel. Why would you say that? Kardashian. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had to learn and I really valued feeling your emotions now especially now that I'm able to name them you know yeah but it is uncomfortable um and I think that sometimes I genuinely suppress those emotions because I don't want to feel them and they're scary yeah and they disturb the peace yeah and I I'm a big like protector of my peace so I'm like okay if this is giving me anxiety let's just not think about it or something and that's not good because that's suppressing things Mm -hmm. yeah so it takes me a while to open up so that's why I do it in the last 15 minutes of my session because I need 45 mm-hmm. minutes to talk to her and, you <laughs> yeah. know, feel like, are we getting a connection here? Are you trusting me? Mm-hmm. In a roundabout way, you finally get there. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, people need people. Like, we need each other. That's just how we're made. I agree. Human Even connection. if it takes 45 minutes to finally <laughs> trust your therapist <laughs> every week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing to say regarding attachment styles. I just found another infographic that's amazing because all your attachment styles come from somewhere. Everything is a learned trait or a learned behavior. And so going to therapy is learning how to basically reparent yourself in the way that fulfills your emotional needs. Does that make sense? Yes. So for example, this psychotherapist says that If the caregiver is typically nearby, accessible, and attentive, the child will form a secure attachment style. If not, the child will form an insecure attachment. You know, if they're not being attentive to their needs or emotions, if they're not accessible, whether that be because of distance or any other factor. I think it also has to do with how you perceive things as a child. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you perceive things as things being your fault because maybe yeah. if you weren't getting that attention from your caregiver, if you're like, oh, I'm not getting the attention because it's my fault, yeah, it can cause a different attachment that I don't know what that is. Or it's like because of the circumstances around me. It's, yeah, definitely has a lot to do with perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that sure. what you meant? Yeah. One time I was talking with my therapist about love maps. Do you guys know what that is? Oh, mm. I've heard of it, but I'm not sure. It's how your brain basically maps out how you love how you perceive Mm -hmm. love and what your attachment styles I'm assuming will be but when I was talking to my therapist about my childhood trauma and I was telling her a situation that it was a violent situation that I saw and she's like that like screwed up your love map Mm -hmm. it's the way you you perceive love right mm -hmm. she's like so validating to hear though yes she was like it made you genuinely fearful of love and what that can be and but like a romantic love a romantic love because it was I don't know but that was so eye-opening to me because I was like she that literally fucked up my love map I was (laughs) yeah you get your love map I think it's seven to ten years old is when your brain develops it and it's not talked about that our brains as children our brains are literally still so new mm-hmm. and you're developing everything you see because of the world around you and that's so scary to think about i know we've talked that like, is scary so scary we've talked i can't remember what episode it was but i said i saw a clip of george lopez <laughs> and he was yelling at his daughter and he's like you're gonna be homeschooled whatever we don't know you don't know and that <laughs> genuinely opened my eyes to how you have to parenting a child is scary Oh my gosh. You're teaching them yeah. everything they know. Write it on the list. Why not to have a child? <laughs> no, genuinely. That's one of the things on my list. Seriously, because I'm like, I had a pretty good childhood. I, I don't ever want to say that my parents screwed me up because they, I know my parents' intentions and they did the best that they could with what they knew at the time. But if I have a kid, I'm going to just be doing the same thing. I'm going to, of course, be doing the best I can with what I know at the time. But I'm going to fuck them up some way or another. And I don't want to be responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Like you can be because I I have um, 
multiple people in uh, close to me that are parents. And I see, I have two par- sets of parents in particular who have opposite parenting styles from one another. One, in my opinion, is better than the other. But I see how their child is getting messed up, even from the positive way, you know? Yeah, how it influences them. Yeah. However, I think we are all blessed with really amazing moms. We really are. I can attribute, like, everything I like about me comes from my mom. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, can we just give a shout out to the incredible moms out there? And how strong they are for, like, dealing with what they dealt with. Yeah. I love your mom, Abby. Me too. Oh, my gosh. I love her, too. She's amazing. And she also, I feel bad because she tried her best with the situation with my dad, you know. So, like, none of anything is her fault. Um, But I love your guys' moms, too. Like, we all literally have 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 superhero moms. moms. Mm -hmm. Okay. But going off of more, you know, attachment styles and, like, being able to navigate your partner's needs with whatever their attachment style is um i follow this instagram page shout out the secure relationship it's one of my favorite pages ever it's i send things to my husband all the time and it has really helped me communicate things better to him because being in a relationship okay i have something to say (laughs) after talking for one minute i have something to say (laughs) i know the term a relationship is hard work is annoying to some people because it's like, if a relationship is so hard, why are you in it? But it's hard because you're wanting to make something work 100% of the time. And that's not how life works. Things don't usually work 100% of the time. But with that being your end goal, that requires work on both ends. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm a firm believer that obviously love is an emotion, but it's like a choice. And I've thought this way for a really long time, but you choose to love someone every day. I agree. For if you're in a committed relationship, whether that be like long-term relationship or marriage, you are choosing to make it work with that person for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I firmly believe that love is a choice. I think it is too, because there's things, I mean, I'm sure there's things that um, my husband doesn't like about me and there's some things that I don't like about him. But you can't choose to focus on those things. But it's also you're not like I'm not I'm not going to choose to be blind to those things. I'm going to choose to accept that we are different people and that's okay. But I love you for all of these other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think how you said like how relationships are hard. I think I mean, obviously, the good should always outweigh the bad in relationships but it's almost concerning if you are always, always on the same page with everything. Like someone is not speaking their mind. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like someone's annoyed at some point. Someone is bothered. And it's good to be able to vocalize to like your significant other. That annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, say it nicer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to vocalize like, you know, what? I don't agree with that. And it's okay to agree to disagree. But it's like, yeah, like you're choosing to love them and talk about it like, Love is being vulnerable with them and opening up when you have a different emotion than idolizing them, you know, agreeing with them. Yeah. You can't always, yeah, you cannot always agree just to appease the other person and avoid conflict because conflict is necessary. Yeah. Not only necessary to the relationship, but necessary for each individual person to grow. Can I just say you guys are wise and mature beyond your years? Still I are agree you. for you all yeah no seriously though like we are all literally 23 goodbye like <laughs> I mean I'm sure we don't know everything Absolutely but not. it's actually really cool that like all of us are on a path of like improving ourselves and also like being able to learn from everything that we've gone through and from each other and to share them like it's really cool Mm-hmm. I agree. Very, very cool. And I respect you guys and look up to you and love you guys Aww. so much for that. I love you, Abby. Same. I love you so much. Yeah, I have realized that that is something I need in relationships. 
any kind of relationship honestly like if I want to have a close relationship friendship whatever with you I need you to be committed to being to bettering yourself I need you to be committed to bettering yourself and like striving to just be the best you that you can be I don't know sure that's what I need I think yeah and that's what all of my friends do Mm -hmm. and I'm so proud of like each and every one of our, our growth Let's give a shout out to Lou too for the way she handles herself. Yeah. Yeah. And her growth Mm -hmm. and maturity. That's what I was literally just going to say. I cried so much. I edited the episode of the day that changed my life and she was so vulnerable and open and raw and shared her day that changed her life. That was beautiful. And I, it was so amazing because I was with her with that through that whole time Mm -hmm. and then to hear her like almost healed not you can't ever get fully healed but you know how she has to the point that she's now is like that growth is incredible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's amazing so lou you better be listening to this (laughs) if you are you text me (laughs) (laughs) if you are text me about this right now and tell me you love me and that's it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've always just felt so safe with you guys like i'm so glad we have found each other because there's literally never been a moment since the moment we met that i haven't felt safe around you guys oh same same you're my soulmates i think what's cool too is like we all have different beliefs too Mm -hmm. and that doesn't get in the way of having like a vulnerable special relationship Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking about me, Sel, and Lauren on our way home from Pineview about how friendships are like, what they're were we the, saying? The, they're like the purest thing. Yes, because you don't have, like when you're married to someone, you're going to make your relationship work out because you're married, you know? Yeah. But like friendships, we're not technically gaining anything from each other. Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and we just choose to love each other and keep like work on our relationship you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's so cute yeah we have literally nothing to gain from each other and i'm gonna disagree with that though yes like Like, i get what you're saying but like like surface level i'm not technically that's you know because like like, need your husband or whatever it's like if you want a family or whatever or wanting love what did you say last night Sel? when you were like men and women or whichever or what did you say like your significant other my well my therapist told me yeah my therapist was telling me that she's like I genuinely don't think that like straight men and straight women have really anything in common with each other the only thing that makes us gravitate towards each other is procreating procreating that's the only thing that draws us together and like biologically that's what we need each other for but that's it interesting that's so crazy i've genuinely never thought about that yeah when she told me that i was like you blew my mind queen (laughs) (laughs) i was like (laughs) mary beth what's her name mary ann mary Mary beth is my grandma's grandma's name i love mary beth i hung out with her this week (laughs) yeah like the people you choose to have in your life is who it's because you want them in your life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess that what ha- that's what happens when you grow up. Like when you're younger, you can't control like, yeah. like my dad living with us, you know. But <laughs> <Yeah>. like, thought <laughs> you were stopping after living. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but when you're older, it's like you really can pick out like, okay, these relationships will prohibit me, and these relationships will benefit me yes mm-hmm. yes i feel yeah and i i mean yeah i do have s- something to gain from being friends friends with you guys it's literally a better me because yeah. y'all better me because i we have really important conversations like this one mm-hmm. i 100 percent agree i saw this tiktok that just like made so much sense to me this guy it was like his wife and it was nighttime and he was whispering and he said to his wife he's like say you can't live without me and she was like I'm not gonna say that 
He's like, see, you can't live without me. And she was like, but I can live without you. I just choose to not live without you. (laughs) And you all want an independent girl until this is the independent girl. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually loved that, that like you are capable like of living through anything and whatever, but you choose who you don't want to live without, you know, like you choose the people to be around. I love that. So make sure you're picking good people to be around you because mm-hmm. you are most like the five closest people around you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so grateful for this experience and also so grateful you guys trust me to come on here and Aww. it's been fun. I'm grateful to know you guys. Thank you. Oh, and I know okay. our listeners love you, but if they want to follow you, what is your Instagram? Oh my gosh. Um, Abby underscore Cragen. No one knows how to spell that. Okay. We're going to tag you on our IG if that's okay. <gasps> okay. Are you private? Yeah. Mm. So if I don't let you follow me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? She is picking and choosing the people that are in her life and you should too. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. True. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. And remember, don't, don't be, be a fake, fake friend. friend.